Welcome to the Munchy Media Podcast. I'm Mason. And I'm Nick with no K. With no K. Um, we're in a fucking new year now. Yeah. 2022. I'm so excited. We're doing our fucking first episode of the podcast. <laughs> Finally. Let's fucking go. I think we've been talking about making a podcast since... I, I wanted to get this done at the start of summer. Yeah. It's now 2022. <laughs> Uh, in the opposite weather, um, but we we're finally here. Yeah, and I feel like we've got a pretty good fucking setup going right now. This looks professional. I think so. We, we've got a good start here. Yeah, yeah. You know, we... I want to I want to celebrate. I brought like a nice bottle of a uh, nice whiskey, James Eddie's. Um, it smells fucking peng. Um, it if you're great. if you're willing to have a a glass, let's do it. Hopefully without breaking any glasses. Um, I'm not really someone that has ever done like New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. but this year I think. It's been the best time to get, kind of get into that stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, my resolution for this year was just to be making shit. To finally get yeah. into, like, content creating, right? Yeah. Have you got anything, like, personal that you kind of want to change this year? That sounds so good. Yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> um, good cork. I, I mainly just want to get my life together. Um, be more productive. I want to, you know, be uh, working more. I want to make stuff because I think, you know, we're, we're creative people. Or at least we want to be creative people. So... <laughs> yeah. I think part of that is that we kind of have to, you know, part of our, our identity is we have to make stuff. And if we're not making stuff, then it kind of brings you down. I so think the hardest wanna, part about it is motivation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, not procrastinating. That's 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 the goal, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's a bit hard, but we'll see. Because <laughs> it's like even... Even though, like, uh, like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be making, I think is yeah. the best way to put it, a lot of it is, like, hobby stuff, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm making gaming stuff, and it's like, that's what I do, recreational. Yeah. But as soon as you make it into work, yeah. you've then, it's so much harder just to do it. Yeah. Because you put so much, like, I think you your expectations for it get so high, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, we're doing a lot of these things anyway, right? Well, like, with video games, right? We, you know, you have your PC, you, you have your Xbox, you have your, your PlayStation. So you have this wide plethora of different games you've played because you have all the platforms, right? And then I have my PC as well. It's like we're playing Halo, playing this, playing that. So, you know, it's just stuff we're doing anyway. So why not, you know, we can share that in some way with other people. Yeah. Man, so it's it. it's just stuff we're doing anyway or stuff that we enjoy doing. Like I enjoy photography. So I'd love to just, let's go out. We'll, we'll go find a nice spot. Let's take some photos and just, you know, yeah, ed- edit them and, and then post them or, I- you know. I, I have a real big issue with following through. I like to plan. <laughs> I like to get up to the point where I'm essentially ready to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll finish it later. Yeah. <laughs> I never fucking yeah. finish it. I think that's something I need to change for this year. I just need to follow projects through. Yeah. Fuck I, I like. definitely agree. I think that um, follow through is, is going to be like the big goal of this year. It's it's not just, okay, we can, like, we can talk. We've done it. We can talk about ideas all day every day for an entire year oh my god yeah but <laughs> like how much pre-production have we gone through like yeah. we've, we've been doing this we've been trying to get this set up for like months now yeah and i feel like we've had so many sessions where we've just like planned and we've done shit but it's just like <laughs> i think that's the first time i've ever heard the outside world come into your living room yeah it doesn't happen often but when it does it's usually uh... that's like it's like it's like built-in sound effects yeah. The sound effects of London are just coming through, you know? Yeah. The anyway, realities. I'd like to celebrate first episode, New Year. Hopefully Cheers, we can friend. look back on this in a year and uh, be be proud of ourselves. <laughs> it's, I, what do you what do you think? So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good start, man. 
the gut reaction was just like, nah. <laughs> My body's like, whoa. Yeah, man, whiskey, whiskey's got no. a burn to it. But yeah, you are drinking it's, it neat, to be fair. Not, nice. many people, not many people go for a neat drink. I mean, it's because we don't have ice, but like... <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> we'll I like live. it, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's something about whiskey. It's just like, it's so... I, to me, it's the perfect drink because I feel like it punishes you for drinking. Uh-huh. And I feel like I like because I feel like you earn the drunk, right? It's 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 like a compre- you don't have to like go through pints. Uh-huh. Just a fucking quick. I'm drunk. Yeah, but it burns. It's like it, you know, I don't see it. And it's going. not nice either. So it's not like oh, I I won't want to finish all the bottle. I won't want to drink a lot of it because I don't need to. Exactly. Like when I'm sat at home, I'm never like I'm, I'm gonna drink some whiskey like to chill yeah. out because I'm not chill when I drink whiskey. I'm like oh, I'm like it kind of builds me up. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a good yeah. it's a good drink when you're out. Because it kind of gives you that kick up the ass, yeah. you know. It's like if I lived in Southern Texas, I'd probably say this with a. It's, it kind of makes you want to slap your grandma, you know. Like <laughs> it's, it's got yeah. that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's 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 good because I feel like the it's so easy to get like a sweet drink, right? It's yeah. like it doesn't even taste like alcohol. Yeah, you have your ciders now, and they're real sweet. They're oh real fruity. They're real sugary. I'm because obviously, so I'm from. It Bristol. Tastes like juice. And Bristol is like cider heavy. Yeah. Like Thatcher's is the most common. Like we drink. Oh, okay, but water, that's right? that's like apple and pear cider, right? Is there more than apple and pear? Yeah, have, have not seen. I, um, I worked Copperberg? in a bar. I. Oh yeah, shit. Like, I guess co- you... like yeah, like Copperberg and those those types where it's like strawberries and lime or pineapple and. So can you just make cider out of fucking anything? Is it just I'll... is it just fermented fruit? I I don't actually know what the difference is. Right, because I think right. So everything's like fermented, right? So like sake's rice. Uh, ciders like apples, pears, I guess any fruits. Um, barley is usually used for like beer and shit. Because um, I think I think whiskey is made with like whey, W H E Y. I don't fucking. I don't think whey whey is a. It's whey is used in like protein, like protein powder. Okay. Whey is a byproduct of milk. I swear, I swear, I've seen it. either that or I've been watching too much queer recently. Might, you might be talking about rye. Right, I mean, right, yeah, because rye. It's like rye and barley, like that. Those are um, what they use to like make beer as well, like hops, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that kind of thing. I I love talking about shit as if I know what I'm on about. (laughs) I'm one of the most uneducated people on like most fronts. That's fine, but I just say as if if you've got good terminology, like if you've got a a good vocabulary, Mm -hmm. you just sound smart. Mm. It's just like that's how I got to you. Like like, growing up in Bristol, Mm. so the Bristol accent is probably one of the mm, one of the dumbest accents out there. I think it just uh-huh. it's unfortunate because I know a lot of smart people from Bristol. Okay. But the accent kinda lets you down. Yeah. My family has a very thick Bristol accent. As you can tell I I don't. For no. a very for a very Barely. specific reason. It's cause like when I was growing up I was like, I'm dumb. So I was like I feel like the accent's not gonna help me in this. So I was like, I'm gonna sound smart and kind of like negate <laughs> like I'm kinda like instead of actually just being smart, yeah. I'm just gonna sound smart. Yeah. And then people don't have to know the difference. Fake it so. till you make it. Why not? Okay. Like, Google is, like, one of our most used tools. Yeah. Like, I don't have to know shit. I've got everything <laughs> on my true. fucking phone, you know? That's true. Uh, uh, and if, if it's not Google, it's you. Because, like, tech problems, I'm just like, Nick knows. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I try wherever I can in general. If I know someone that could answer the question or that would is knowledgeable in that particular subject. Like, if, if I'm... Not technically, but like, it's in like technical details. But if I want to know about a game, like if I wanted to know about a PlayStation game, like Spider-Man, for example, right? That I don't have a PlayStation, but like you have one and you have the game. You're like, yeah, it's it. like they've done all this and this and this. And then they did Miles Morales and they changed this and this. It's like, oh, 
To be fair, that's there really is, interesting. If there is one thing to ask me, it is probably comic books and video games. Like, yeah, it's the two areas that I kind of excel. Yeah, at, you know? or even like recently, since since um, Halo Infinite released, mm-hmm. it's like okay, like I've played Halo on and off, but I never really got into the multiplayer. Yeah, but now like with you and and James, it's like oh. Like every time I'm playing, you're like, oh, you can actually like that gun has a second feature or if you use like if you do this, then you can like get away faster or like use your grapple like onto them. So if if there's like something gaming related, then I go to you. If there's something else, like if I wanted to talk about coffee, right, I go to you or I go to my sister. I like that. I like this this brand that I'm setting up. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like. You know, if, if you want to like, you know, today we're setting up the podcast, you want to know about cameras, you want to like, let's talk about mics and like tech yeah. or like PCs and computers and like. This is because I feel like you teach me so much. I would just kind of like, I'm, it's, it's one of the things that I'm curious about, but like I'd never like go into research on my own. But yeah. I feel like because it's, it's, it's even just like, it's a conversation between us. Yeah. It's just something else I can just talk to you about. Yeah. And I feel like I learn a, a ton of shit. Um, and I think it's really nice because we have this nice balance where I think we fill in each other's blanks in a lot of sense. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, fuck me, technical-wise, and just, like, a lot of... Especially academic-wise, but, like, like, you were just... You were one of my go-to people, and I think that's what I really like about the company that we're trying to set up, right, is we have so many different artists and so many different people that can just fill in the blanks that I don't have to know. Exactly. Like, we've got two game developers now, technically. Well, one, uh, like, we, we know artists in, like, so many different mediums. Photography, we have so many photography friends. Yeah. And I do not know shit about cameras. As someone that actively has to use them daily, yeah. I don't know anything about cameras. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's so nice to have this kind of wealth of knowledge yeah. on a personal level. Because you can just like, I can just ask you anything. And it's just like over Snapchat exactly. or some shit, you know? Yeah. So so what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we set up a company called Munchie Media. And, and part of what we want to do is stuff like this. We want to do podcasts where we can just, you know, shit and giggle. And just, you know, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's have a conversation. Or it can be more topic focused or specific about if, if we can get someone interesting on a bit about their life or something right um but part of it is is we're at that like uni age right i he dropped out i'm still at uni um but part of that is that i'm at art school so i'm surrounded by a lot of people that are versatile in a variety of disciplines right like you said we have you know we have photographers we have animators we have um, graphic designers or you know video editors and game design and musicians so there's a lot of different areas where we feel like we could represent those people mm-hmm. or to give them a voice where they can if if say you know we have friends are doing music if they want to release an ep or they want to just produce their own music hey we have microphones hey we have you know the software to make it hey we have a keyboard or we have guitars or we know people that play instruments even so we can like, bring oh, them to be involved we've got a spare set of hands like just yeah. to, like even if you can operate a camera it's like just yeah even the workload out like make yeah. it less stressful for you i think that's one of the things is especially this age like young up-and-coming creators I think yeah the biggest and hardest thing is just the lack of support yeah because a lot of things you just need money for yeah you just need you need things and it's just like this is this is just our way of kind of supporting the young creator community. Yeah. But like without being like you have to you have to pay like a massive fee. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like upfront. Like a yeah. like a uni course or something. It's just like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's super it's super nice though, because we get to meet so many cool creators as well. Yeah. Working in customer service, I work in a coffee shop, um, when I'm not doing this. Mm. Uh, and 
Uh, obviously, a, a common part of like working in customer service is like if you have like neighboring stores, you'll yeah. cover other stores quite often. Yeah. So I get to meet a lot of different people, and I, especially because of what we're doing now, yeah, I try so hard to get to know everyone I meet. Uh, and I'm just like, cause everyone. I've noticed, yeah, because like, you'd be surprised. Like, you'd be surprised. There's so so Dude. many people. You know, you, you if you're twice. out in the street, or you, you, I don't know, you're at an event, or you're, you, you know, you're just around that kind of uh, people. You know, you just talk to someone, and then it turns out, oh, they do this, and they're like really into music, or they're really into, I don't know, like whatever their their um, hobby is. And you're like, oh, like that's really interesting. Like some people, it's just cooking. They love cooking. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. But they're, like, they're doing it at like a professional level. Yeah. It's just that maybe they don't have the, the audience or something to yeah. like make it a full-time thing yet. Or yeah, because I, I think one of the most difficult things is making a name for yourself or getting yourself out there. And in, in a way, this is also kind of like an experiment where we're trying to do that for ourselves. But then if we can get that to a good level, we can then also bring other people into the fold as well. And that means that... the community. Like. Exactly. And then... It, it's beneficial to everyone because then, you know, you, the bigger your audience, the bigger your reach, it means that you can do more, right? Mm. And, you know, it part of it, hopefully in the longer term, is that we can either turn this into, even if it's just, okay, I've done all this work for Munch Media, but it's just going in my portfolio. Yeah. And then you can use that to get a job or if you want to do freelance or if you want to just stick to being, you know, let's say an, an artist in the classic sense and mm. that's all you do and you sell prints. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's try to do that together. Why not? Hundred percent, man. Um, it's it's crazy because I feel like, especially if you don't have a degree. Yeah. Like the the thing I've realized is, uh, uni wasn't for me, right? And I was yeah. like, but the degree is the important part because it's almost like a receipt that you have this skill. Yeah. And that's what kind of allows you to get into the job. And I was like, yeah. How can you essentially make up a degree like that level, mm. um, without having a degree? And I mm. was like, well, it's just proof that you can do something. And by putting stuff online and sorting stuff out, it's just like, um, it's like, a, it's just your receipt. Mm. Like, oh, I worked on this. It's on this. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's been published. And it's just like. And it's there for people to see. Exactly. You can just see what what you're capable of. Exactly. Um, like one of the artists that we know, um, like, they, like they don't have an Instagram for a lot of their yeah. art. Or they've put it in very obscure. And it's like. A lot of people as well, they have, say, like an art page, especially at uni. I, I yeah. see it quite often. It's a lot of blogs. And e even for myself, I'm guilty of this. Is like I have my page and then some people have their like art by fill in the blank. Yeah. But they maybe have one or two posts and then they maybe post once every six months or once every couple of months. Yeah. And that means that, you know, that their artwork might be really, really good and, you know, really um, attractive. But because there's no uh, consistency or it's not being put out there on a regular basis, it just means that, unfortunately, that, that doesn't go anywhere. But if we can get to the point where we can motivate ourselves and others and show that actually it's worth doing, then we can get people to start, you know, releasing more and releasing more. And then we can help you do that. That's the thing. I think it's that one to one support. Yeah. Because like, honestly, there's nothing more motivating for me than just seeing someone else enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a there's a girl I work with who's doing like uh, documentary stuff just in her own time. She's like, I'm going to buy a drone. I'm going to yeah. go traveling. And I was like, just hearing her talk about how excited she was. Mm. I just wanted to go home and make shit straight yeah. away. And I was just like, because um, we, we talk a lot about like self-improvement, motivation, like yeah. better choices. One of the biggest motivators I've had in the last year, and I'm not shitting you, Queer Eye. Uh -huh. That show has kicked me up the ass so many times because it's just like, yeah. just dress nicely today. Like, yeah. like I'll trim my beard and I'll push my hair back and I go, 
oh, I look good today. And then yeah. I've just got this like confidence to like kick Yeah, just that little boost, again. you know? Yeah. And it's just like, um, honestly, I recommend that show so fucking much. It's, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I, it's, it's the only kind of like reality TV that I watch. Yeah. And there's, there's like a system to it as, as well, right? I, I, f- I forget all the guys' names, right? But, the Fab you know, Five. Yeah, yeah, the Fab Five. And so you have one that focuses on cooking. So it's like cooking and health and th- like that's your focus. And then you have like clothing, like how you dress, dress nice. Like, you know, you, you dress nice or you get a haircut and you're like, oh, okay. Like I feel, yeah, they, I feel good about myself today. They have like, I thought it was so, so impressive that they had um, essentially just a cultural expert, yeah. uh, Karama, who just talks to them about what they want and like the mentality and mindset they have. Mm. And it's just crazy how all these very individual things in your life, like cooking, cha- like getting dressed, they all feed back into you. Yeah. Um, but there's so many small elements that you just wouldn't even think about. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the best part of the show is that in the end, all each one of those pieces come together and then you see it's it's either like a family healed or, you know, a person that now has a positive outlook where they can say, okay, like, I'm ready to go forward and I'm ready to, like, get my stuff together. And I think we're in that place right now where we're like, oh, okay, like, the procrastinating has to stop. Like, it's just <laughs> enough is enough. Let's just get on with it now, like. I was listening to another podcast and they were kind of talking about similar things. And he was saying that like, um, this guy, he said, I, he intentionally puts himself in places where people rely on him because it makes him get deadlines. If he has deadlines for just him, he'll just, he'll, it's fine if you go past that deadline, Mm. but he said, as soon as you've got people relying on you, it's like, it's that fear of letting them down. It just makes you work a little bit harder to get like the goal that you wanted anyway. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like having a community like, I think I want to get to the point where we can just rely on other creators and it's like they can rely on us. It's like that give and take and it's like, yeah, we'll give you a space, we'll give you equipment, we'll give you like our time and energy. Yeah. What do you need? How can we be of service to you? And I, I'm sure there'll be cases where, okay, someone needs some equipment and it's like, okay, we, we can't do that or it costs too much or, or whatever. But however we can help, that's our goal. Yeah. Just to like, facilitate. If you know, if you want to do a podcast, even if, you know, we have friends that have, I have a friend, um, Lisa, shout out, who's, um, she's designed her own t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. If she wants to design more, then we can market it for her. Or if she wants to design another one and she wants to, let's say, build like somewhat of a marketing campaign. Okay. Like we have people that do photography. I can do photography. So let's print a few, get, you know, five or six. Let's, let's find some good looking people let's go out to a nice spot and we'll take some photos 100%. we'll edit them we'll make it look nice we'll you know make something professional looking and then you know we can release it and that way you know e- even if it's just a small thing we can contribute to your project in some small way the nice thing about the diversity as well is we we will eventually get to the point where different creators might have an audience yeah they aren't shared by everyone it's just their audience and it's yeah. like we will have access to so many different audiences yeah, uh, and that's that's also a really nice thing. The fact that yeah. you can help each other up, be like, well, like let, let, let's mingle our audiences, you know, see if yeah. we can make shit like that. Because um, I feel like a lot of creators, unfortunately, like because they just make their content. Yeah, it's very rigid. Like they have to learn to adapt over time yeah. because audiences come and go. Whereas with this kind of look, because we've got such a variety, we kind of got something for everyone. You know? Yeah, uh, and that's that's really nice to me. I like that we've just got this mix. It's like. You can come to us and I'm sure there is something there for you. Yeah, because we, we don't want to get into, you know, we d- we're in an industry where we don't have to be in a scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. right? We, we, you know, we can say, oh, there's, you know, a thousand podcasts out there and my, ours might not get any traction. But I think just based on how big the internet is, it's, 
yeah you can find your spot right you there's find a, you find your niche right there's always a niche so like by having you know by knowing a lot of people that are into a lot of different disciplines mm. it just means that okay we're not in competition with each other we can work with each other and that way everyone wins instead of trying to planet of the apes thing is like together strong it's like <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. right caesar like yeah because it's just it's so much easier just even having someone to like give you feedback yeah Fuck yeah, me. it could it could double the quality of whatever you're making. Yeah, because you can be making something and you're thinking like, oh, this is really really good, or I'm I'm saying the right things, or I'm reaching the right audience, or whatever. And then you get some feedback. And you're like, shit, like uh, like I haven't been hitting the ball at all. Like, I, and that that's how you course correct to then fix. Hundred uh, percent. I literally I was covering a store the other day uh, around London, and I met this one guy. He was so sweet. He was super polite. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I was talking to him. He was like, he, he was talking about how he does like three D modeling. Yeah. And I was like, tell me about it. And he's like, oh, I just like model 3D robots and I make YouTube. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Because uh, he was, he was, uh, he was like, oh, like, I'd love to be on the podcast. And I was like, dude, come on. I was yeah. like, I'd love to just talk about it. And, and I checked him out later on after that. Because he said to me, like, um, his, his videos were in uh, Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying like, and also, that's just so cool that you have an audience that's just not even in this country. Yeah. And, and I checked out his YouTube channel. He had like up to 18, 90,000 views on a video. Yeah. He had like a good audience. And That's I was like, massive. And he's just working in a coffee shop. Massive. And it's like, it's, it's fucking insane to me that yeah. these just like hidden gems are just yeah. around the world. And it's like, it's like my goal to like uncover them. I feel like a, an yeah. adventurer. Yeah. Indiana Jones. I've, I've, <laughs> I've said it, um, I've said it a few times to you, but what I'd love to do is, is, is like part of with what we do with Munji Media and working with people is in a sense where we're like, um, curators, you know, bring, bringing forward people that otherwise may not have had that kind of spotlight. Or like a platform. Yeah. yeah. So that there's there's art that you may not have ever seen that style of art before. And we may know someone that does that type of art. 100%. Because we know someone that makes rugs, for example, right? Yeah. Rugs is a very hard thing to just like, you can't just make a, an Instagram uh, and sell it because you, you, you know, you kind of need to have an audience already. Yeah, uh, and I feel like that's the thing. If we manage to create an audience, it's like we then have somewhere a platform for that niche to go. Yeah, um, and that's another thing I want to talk about. Is eventually, I think we're hoping to have a website, right? Yeah, where as you said about your friend that makes T-shirts, it's like, well, we can sell it through our website. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a place to go. Yeah, um, and I think that that that'd be so cool in that. Yeah, we can we can host it on on our website, or we can set up a little shop within our website. You know, in some websites you have like categories or brands. Yeah, yeah. Right, we can have like Quinn's Rugs or, or whatever the name is, right? We can have those alongside and you can just pick or we can just have it all available there. And that way it means that if you didn't have the time or the money to set that up yourself. Yeah. You can... I think that's what a lot of it comes down to, right? It's just like yeah. having the time, energy and money. Yeah. Which unfortunately, like a lot of people, especially living here in the city where you've got bills upon bills, it's like you kind yeah. of need to be working and gaining an income. And it's like... It's very risky just to kind of like risk all of that yeah. for a, a personal project. It's like, yeah. and it's, it's super sad. Um, and that's the goal. It's like, you know, I'm working in customer service now just to like mm. pay rent and stuff. But like eventually like we'll make this into full-time jobs. And it's just like, yeah. then all of our energy can be just put back into this and yeah. back into what we love. And it's just like, that just sounds fulfilling. Yeah. And, and what I've found is that with, you know, if with smaller creators or if you're trying to start something, right, it's, it's one thing to just, okay, I'm going to make a painting and I'm going to make a print, right? But it's another thing to then make that into a business because it's not just about, okay, I can make cool art. It's like, okay, but can you get it out there? Can you get it noticed? Can you mm-hmm. get um, conversions where people are buying? 
can you get yourself out there to build an audience? There's, there's definitely so, an audience out there for yeah. everyone. There's there's definitely people that would enjoy your product, regardless yeah. of what it is. Yeah. Um, it's just even if it's just people. a video, right? It doesn't mm. always have to necessarily be a monetary product or a monetary exchange, right? Because say we're just making YouTube videos and it's just, you know, little, you know, it's, if you look at the history of, of YouTube channels where you have like prank channels and stuff like that, it's just little videos. But until I'd say like, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, people just made videos and then they made their money through their ads. Yeah. But then it turned into like, buy my merch and like, buy my this or like, buy my course and buy this. So that's, that's just how they sustain themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. But f like going forward, it can just be, okay, like buy our merch, but skip the ads. Like we don't, we don't need that money. Like, uh, yeah. You know, we, we want to find a way to support ourselves outside of the uh, the system, right? It's crazy because I was talking to someone recently about this and it was like how, especially early on YouTube, yeah, um, you had a lot of parent companies essentially picking off these like little YouTube channels because it was the only way they could get funded. Yeah, like Machinima. Do you, you know. Yeah, so like Smosh is the biggest. Is that, oh, they got, yes. They got yeah, yeah. fucked over so hard yeah. because their parent company just like took over most of the revenue was then going through them. And it's because, like, back then, there was just no other way of supporting yourself. Yeah. Now there are, is so many more opportunities and, like, different avenues. Yeah. And, and even, I, I talk a lot about uh, a company called Rooster Teeth, right? Yeah. Uh, and I found out, if you go onto the Rooster Teeth website, essentially, uh, you can see, that, like, the Yogg's cast are on there. Yeah. Uh, comic stories on there. And they're all owned by the same parent company. And I was yeah. talking to uh, James, one of, our, one of our friends that we play Halo with. And um, we were just talking about how, like, they're owned by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like the, it's just like, especially coming from a company. If Warner Brothers approached you, you think, "Fuck, I've made it. Like, I, I've I've gotten good here." And you think mm. it's such a good opportunity, but like, the the unfortunate side of it, a lot of parent companies are not that good. Mm. Uh, they're they're very greedy. I think is is, it, and it's because they're so big, they don't need you, but yeah. they're going to use you up. And I think they they kind of drain creators of everything. And yeah. then as soon as they're worthless, you're out. Yeah. And it's like I hate that way of thinking. I think it's. It's so sad because you're not improving the community. You're not yeah. furthering artists. Um, but it is what it is. Anyway, yeah. we're going to take a quick little break uh, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, so what you were talking about on the break, uh, I want to discuss Boba Fett. Yeah. Because every, every, every time we've mentioned Boba Fett, your face is lit up, right? Yeah. You're a big Star Wars fan. I, 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 would, I would include myself in the Star Wars fandom, I think. And um, I want you to first tell me what you think of Boba Fett. Okay, so I think that people have given it a bit of flack so far, especially the first episode, because they feel like, oh, nothing's happened. Or it feels like, okay, like, there's, I think people expect like, oh, like, Boba's going to be fighting and it's going to... But the way they've set up the first episode is it's just establishing what we didn't know from the mandalorian right? right because this is this is taking place directly after the mandalorian uh whilst also filling in the blanks right? yeah so so if you haven't seen the mandalorian boba fett shows up and the audience is kind of left wondering or the audience is like yeah like it's super intentional right because yeah. like we know like what what happened to him and if yeah. he just suddenly jump it's a very good like we kind of want to know what happened in between yeah so, so when a character is presumed dead and then it's not explained how they come back. Obviously, it, that's leaving a little nagging the thought in your head. lingering question, right? Yeah. yeah. So the first thing that I really, really loved about the first episode is that, like, the first thing, or one of the first things that they did is they established... Well, uh, should, we, should we give a spoiler warning for this, or...? 
Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll limit the spoilers. We're not okay. going to spoil too much, but we'll, we'll talk okay, about I'll, it. Okay, I'll, I'll give like one spoiler. This is the basic premise of the show. So I yeah, think it's fair. but yeah. I mean, look, Boba Fett is alive. So you know that much <laughs> yeah. already. So, uh, yeah. okay, so spoiler warning. Basically, Boba Fett, it shows how he escaped the, the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. The Sarlacc pit. Um, and by doing that, it just like, oh my God, like they didn't dwell on it for too long. I think they did it they, really well. They just... And that's how he got out. It was, and they, they it didn't go they, back. As they, you said, they didn't linger. Like, it was a very quick explanation. It's one of the reasons I really like um, Edgar Wright films. And yeah. uh, films that, like, in the editing, they can do, they can convey so much information very quickly. Yeah. And I feel like if it's something that you don't really need to linger on, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I think they did it very well. Yeah, it was very simple, straight to the point, And they didn't dwell on it for too long. Just move on. And then, you know, going forward, what we see with Boba Fett is how... He's now interacting with this new world where there's a bit of disorder. There's a bit of, uh, you know, things are up in the air. We yeah. don't we don't know who's who's go- who's gunning for him. Exactly. I like I like the dynamic shift they've got because they've uh, they've kind of changed him from like a bounty hunter mercenary. Now he's supposed to be like a, a like a gang lord. Right. Like yeah. A, they, they, they call it a daimyo. Yeah. Which I think is a samurai word. Yeah, it's it's Japanese. Because yeah. I think in, in um I think it's like a warlord. In in feudal Japan you had like the, the daimyos, which is like your regional Yeah, because um, there was there was at one point there were several it's, daimyos. It's, it's almost like your Japan. your MPs, I guess. It's it's like your your regional bosses that, that yeah. organize the, the village and the army and so on. And then you have Shogun. And which is sh- like their army, right? No, the Shogun is, is oh. the guy above the daimyo. Right, that's okay. that's like the king or the emperor, right? That's mm. That's the guy really in charge. So when so when they use the word da- daimyo, you think, okay, who else is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, okay, he, he's the daimyo. He's the crime lord of, of Mos Espa. Yeah. But who else is there? I kind of, I've, I've realized as well, a lot of Boba Fett's current story has been taking place on like desert planets, like Tatooine and stuff. Yeah. I kind of like that they're grounding him a little bit. Because I feel like Mandalorian's going off exploring other planets. I think it's kind of yeah. nice to have a more grounded, because you kind of get to spend more time with the environment and the characters. And... Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about the sand people. I, I kind of find them really boring. Like if I'm if I'm being totally honest, like so part, it's super interesting. Uh-huh. But like like I don't know how long I want to linger on it. You know, because because they they don't even speak English. So a lot of it's like, and it's like that's fine. But you've really got to do it well if you're gonna do it. I think they've been doing I, a fine job. I think job. they have been doing it well though, because what they're showing is how Boba Fett has interacted with them, and that you know, if if we think historically about Boba Fett, you think, oh, he's just this like ruthless killer. Yeah. Space but in, in fact, it's like what, what we see a bit in, in this new series is that actually he, he has a heart, of course, and that he's, he's willing to protect others to protect himself and to just do it out the well, goodness of his he heart. He said he wants to rule out of respect. Yeah. I do like, I do like what they've done. Because obviously, when we left the he's original a man trilogy, of he was a very kind of, not empty character, but they left him very open to interpretation. Which means they really yeah. could go anywhere. And I'm yeah, because really like... at, at the time of the original movies, right, Boba Fett was just a like an almost like an extra on the set he didn't really have a big backstory or anything like that george lucas is like such an unintentional genius because you would when you're when you're crafting a story yeah you'd never think just to introduce a character like in the middle of their kind of like plot Do you know what I mean? and give them no background nothing besides exactly. making them look like an absolute badass but they're already a full-fledged character but it's like the, yeah but like cause i think usually when you're crafting a story you're thinking right there's a new character they yeah. need an origin and then they need yeah. their like but like a lot of stuff in especially the original trilogy it was just like it, it felt like such a fleshed out world because it kind of felt like it was already existing before the plot right? yeah 
Um, and I've, but I also think it's great because it gives you so much wiggle room to kind of build off their universes. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I do like the sand people element in the fact that it's like, it's kind of not where you would expect it to go. Because it's kind of, it's very tribal. Like, you know the weapon he uses? Um, yeah. It's, it, I would never have thought I, that he'd be used that. I don't know what that weapon is called, but I, I love the fact that... Spoiler? Dude, so I was going to say in the second episode, and this might be... It's not really a spoiler. It's like a montage kind of thing. Yeah. He, there is literally... They just have Boba Fett doing carpentry. Yeah. I, I would watch a and whole he... fucking show about him. Like a Bob Ross type show about Boba Fett just <laughs> doing carpentry. Have you ever seen Surf's Up? Oh, is that the one with the penguins? With the penguins yeah. and the surfing. <laughs> it's like the scene where... um. His name's Big Z, and he's like the the like the like cool like the OG yeah, yeah. Uh, rider, right? Um, and he's he's teaching the uh, Cody, the new kid, right? And and he, he you know they get the piece of wood and then they put it on the thing, and he, he's like, you have to be like slow and careful. And then yeah. Cody starts, he's just like banging it. <laughs> it's like no, you just see him like slow and steady and long strokes, and you see a similar dynamic yeah, with dude. with uh, Boba Fett. You to beat the devil out of that yeah. wood, you know. Like... But what I love about that scene is 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 continuity's sake yeah. for me. Because in in Mandalorian we see how he, he uses that. That's how we are introduced it's such an to him. Unconventional weapon. Yeah. You, your brain does go. Well, why does he have that? Because mm. you and would as, never expect it. As well, it's not his typical weapon. Yeah. Because he's, he's so he's so iconically synonymous with the blaster that he's got. Right? Yeah. Because he he's a Mandalorian. We're very used to seeing him in his armor. The whole getup, right? That's nothing. With the, like, the jetpack. Like a proper Mandalorian. Exactly. He he's such a unique character. Yeah. But he's like, yeah. he's so out, outside of the uh, typical like dynamics. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. I, <laughs> I respect that man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love his cadence as well, where he's just like, like yeah. I'm in charge now. I love, like, I love the fact that he's... Is it New Zealand he's from? I believe so, yeah. It, I, I just love that he's got an accent. Yeah. Like, I just love that it was just like a space New Zealander. Yeah. Just out there doing shit. Yeah, like, yeah. He's doing carpentry with some people, you know? He's just living his life. Yeah. And this is the weird thing. It's like, I really want to enjoy it, and I am enjoying it, but uh-huh. I feel like it's on such a fundamental... I feel like just as a Star Wars fan, you're, you just love... You, I think any yeah. Star Wars fan would enjoy this show. But what's your gripes? I, I want more. Like, I don't know what I want, but I feel like there's just, like... There's a piece missing. There's just, like, this extra layer. Like, firstly, I think it's way too PG. And, like, and uh, this is kind of my problem with a lot of new Disney stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I think they have been taking more risks um, in terms of Disney. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's so what I'd expect to see from them. It's very clean. Whereas Boba Fett is kind of, like... He's, to me, it's he's meant kind to of a be gritty dark, character. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like... Mandalorian kind of does it really well. I mean, the first episode of Mandalorian, someone gets cut in half by a fucking door. Within, like, the first three minutes. Of yeah, the, and it's just, series. like, it sets the tone straight away. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, but it, it, it's still funny. It still has that kind of Disney charm. Yeah. But it, it's not afraid to be a little bit gritty. Mm. Um, Boba Fett is super, like, it's well lit. It's There's a lot of jokes. And it's, like, and I don't mind that. But I yeah. kind of want... Because I feel like when you kind of make it a bit grittier, you kind of add this emotional layer. I think it, it allows you to kind of enjoy the the characters more you had a tension that wasn't there before yeah i don't feel tense in that show like yeah. even when he's at his worst in like the first two episodes it's like i'm not worried for him like you know i know he's good and i just i there's just there's something extra that i think mm. it could just be a little bit risque you know yeah and it's weird because they they're bringing deadpool into the mcu and they've they've made it very clear that the next deadpool film will be r-rated still they're they're absolutely fine with that but it does make you think like how far will they push the bar yeah uh, you know because the first two they they went yeah. they just you know ryan reynolds just took care. it and and he ran with it and i think that's the thing i think you need to give creators 
full control. The James Gunn Suicide Squad that came out. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You can tell that they kind of let James Gunn do... Wait, is this the, the most recent one? Yeah. The, okay, the kind I of haven't follow. seen that one. I think it's fucking great. Uh-huh. Especially when you compare it to the first one. It's so good. And mm. you can tell that James Gunn, who was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, they let yeah. him just make a film. Yeah. Fully, they, like, and it pays off so well because everything they intended to kind of work works. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing being changed out of their control, right? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like... But I get it because Boba Fett's such a big IP within the Star Wars universe. They're like, they'd rather just play it safe. Yeah. And I, I think what I, I saw somewhere is that um, John Favreau, writ, uh, writ, he wrote every episode. You start sounding like me now. Like- <laughs> he, he wrote every episode for for Boba Fett. And I think there's only really? one one episode that he wrote collaboratively with um, Dave Filoni. And this thing, I think, uh, I think John Favreau is a fucking genius. Yeah. He's so good. And he's he's a fan. He's... He's part of the the you know Star Wars community. He's you know he grew up loving Star Wars, and it means he also knows what the fans want to see. Yeah, like I think that's and uh, what we've seen as well already from interviews from like the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian and even you know the Clone Wars and you know going forward the different movies you see in the the interviews that they do post you see the kind of joy and the excitement they have for oh, yeah. for the shows and for the yeah. the not just the shows but the lore like the history of star wars they really want to do, like do it justice and not spoil it like the last three films yeah yeah <laughs> this is the thing that, uh, especially since i've been like working in media yeah behind the scenes are like some of my favorite things to see now because i just love seeing what goes on like what the kind of vibe yeah is, the you thought know? process how do they come to this conclusion like the whole thing about the mandalorian that with the first kind of like the 3d room they made yeah uh with yeah, the screens yeah. um it's like you wouldn't know that if you just watched the show yeah it's not noticeable making stuff like that's really interesting yeah uh like and even stuff for like um game games have my favorite behind the scenes because there's so much that goes mm-hmm. into it because especially now that we have like mocap and stuff mm. and we have proper actors coming in. Yeah, there's so many moving parts. It's, it's like it's... a full movie. Yeah. Just with all these added elements. Um, and they had like a God of War documentary. And that was yeah. super interesting to me because it's such a big team. Like they go to Norway just to mm. like get photos. Just for like Yeah, and references. I think they stuff, for, the same for, um, I mean, say what you will of Ubisoft, but for Assassin's Creed in, in the recent games for Valhalla, for mm-hmm. um, Odyssey and then for Origins, they did really in-depth um, reference work on, on the, you know, the, the timepiece yeah, of what that. the geog- geography actually looked like at the time. And obviously oh, they, really? they take it in different directions where they're adding things that weren't actually there. Mm. But for the most part, you if you explore a, an Assassin's Creed game, you'll often get like a, a pop-up right? like, oh, like this is the Roman Colosseum or this is this. Yeah, or they this, have like... like um, uh, or like this is the, the, the Acropolis is like in the game and it's an actual place you can go and it's, it's you know, intact. Because they, I think from Origins onward, they've had this history mode where you can kind yeah. of essentially walk around and just learn about the yeah. world. And like, they definitely do their research, yeah. which I, I super respect. And then on top of that, they also have the, like the notable figures of the time right right so with they try and weave it into the story yeah so so, kind of so with like, odyssey yeah. they have um i forgot his name <laughs> i completely blanked Honestly, out i want it's like uh, to, to um, it's like i don't know plato or something it's it's, oh, it's one of the like great uh, greek I, greek philosophers i think it is plato Pl- Pl- pluto <laughs> from Pla- fucking no no plato mickey mouse no, Pluto. <laughs> Just this. I'll tell you what. Like Assassin's Creed, 
I learned more of like about history in Assassin's Creed than I ever did in school. I learned to speak fucking Italian from the Ezio trilogy. Like obviously mm. not full Italian, but like I learned words. I learned about the yeah, and it because it, it made history fun, and I wanted to learn about that world. Mm. Uh, and it's one of the reasons like Valhalla has a lot of divisive opinions. But it's someone that is obviously very into Norse mythology and stuff like that. It was really nice just like learning about the world. And I think that's what like allowed me to play like 170 hours of that game. It's just because yeah. I was just like fascinated about learning more. Oh, Plato is in the game. <laughs> I was right. Um, Dude, there's... Uh, there. this is the... Socrates, that's Socrates. the one I was like... like you, and he plays a big role within the game as well. All, all I remember is Pythagoras, bro. Like, <laughs> that, that name is burned it, into my brain. Yeah, he's he's a recurring character, and it's as as much as it isn't historically accurate. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. E- even in um, I remember in Syndicate they had like Charles Darwin is in the game, and he has like a little side quest that you can do. Especially now that I live in London. Yeah. Right. I think Syndicate is so interesting because I think also it, uh, Syndicate had one of the. I think it's one of the only Assassin's Creed games to have like a one-to-one scale. So buildings were essentially like realistic sizing proportions, yeah. right? Because I, I don't think a lot of people notice this, but if you play something like Spider-Man, yeah, uh, if you go on top of a building, if you actually stretch that into like a real life, it's a very small building. Yeah, uh, and that's just because like that's how they kind of condense a full map now. Yeah, and um, but Syndicate had a one-to-one, which meant everything felt super grand. Like Big Ben was huge, and it yeah. was like a proper scalable. Um, and it's just like the city. I will give Syndicate this for all the flaws that the game has. It has such an alive world. London yeah. really does feel like a functioning city in that game. Yeah, yeah. Like even Egypt, it's a fucking it's a desert. A large majority of that map is just sand, empty, and they still make it interesting. Like the hallucinations yeah. and stuff. But like the cities feel alive, and the desert feels yeah. kind of like mysterious. It's got yeah. this kind of like mystic vibe to it. How the mm-hmm. fuck you make sand interesting? Like I don't know. Like it's coarse and it's. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> but like you would not want to play that game, dude. Like, dude, there's so much shit like that. Because have you seen No Way Home yet? No, I, I mean, haven't. For unfortunately, nothing to do with sand. Obviously, uh-huh. I mean, well, actually, maybe it does. <laughs> um, but I, 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 actually, sand and Spider-Man kind of come together perfectly because you can very obviously tell in that film, and I don't think it's a spoiler. A lot of the villains from previous films have come yeah, back. Yeah, I know, and. <laughs> you can tell which actors came back and which did not because <laughs> there is one actor in particular that may or may not play a sand-based character. He very obviously did not show up to re to, to, to play that character. There is a one-to-one shot in that film yeah. which I didn't realize until I saw it like on social media later. It they straight from Spider-Man three mm. they just took the footage and repurposed it uh-huh. because like he just did not want to come back. Mm. Um, but I feel like the people that did come back like Willem Dafoe. They fucking smash it out of the park. Yeah. Willem Dafoe and um, I forget the uh, guy that plays Doctor Octopus. Um, he's a he's he's got a very cool name, but they both are they are done so well, and you can tell the actors just acted their fucking hearts out for that. Like they they really wanted to just be a part of it. Um, it, Alfred yeah Alfred, Alfred Mil- Molino yeah yeah Molina, um, he's they're they're awesome. And yeah. I think I think it's good that they got a lot of the focus because. They are so iconic now. Yeah. Um, the Raimi, dude, the Raimi tree. You would not get a film like Spider-Man, like the the original, like Tobey Maguire. No, Spider-Man. You not just at all. Would not see shit like it's so. Um, I got flack for saying this before. It's it's what I would call a campy film, right? Yeah. I got told off by one of our mutual friends for saying camp in relation to media. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to because it is a it is a media term for being kind of like 
goofy, I guess. I don't yeah. really know what the, but like you kind of know campiness when you see it in terms of media. Uh, it has n- nothing to do, as far as I know, with like anything bad. It's just kind of like a way of filming and scripting. And what I mean by that is it's it's very it's the Sam Raimi trilogy is like a direct comic book to film adaptation. Like they yeah. really kind of just like went shot for shot panels, like the way yeah, people yeah. talk and act, like and. I just you wouldn't see that anymore, especially from no, like, not if, at all. if you if you look at the Tom Holland trilogy, mm. it, it's so far away from that kind of scripting. Yeah, and but the Sam Ra- the Sam Raimi trilogy set the foundation for the entire category, the whole genre of superhero like superhero. Genre. Yeah, yeah. it's it set the stage. I mean, the, there had been you know Superman films before was, and Batman. It was, well. was mainly like Spider Man and X Men. I think they're, they're the ones like propelled that genre like way ahead yeah i think spider-man especially because spider-man mm. has a reach far beyond just kids i think it was one of the first major superhero films yeah as far as i, I think so yeah because uh, it, it came out in 2002 i believe yeah 2002 dude yeah and i, used to, I, I the the first spider-man film i had my dad had a neighbor he was awesome i loved him to bits he had it on dvd yeah and i would always ask him to borrow the dvd and i had it for so long i remember like i saw him 10 years later i went back to yeah. sh- went back to my village and i came across him i was like oh my god how are you doing like i got chatting i still got that and dvd i was like i still have the spider-man dvd i was like do you want it back and he was like i think you can keep it and i was like no nah, you've earned it at this point I, I haven't probably watched it since i was like eight but yeah. like i re-watched that film it, constantly yeah it lives in in your memory as just such a good film because i don't even, even like toby Maguire that much i think he's a terrible actor <laughs> no, and I mean, in, in terms of casting, you know, um, everyone I was, hated him on the set. Yeah, I was speaking to someone recently about um, Spider-Man because I, I haven't seen uh, No Way Home yet. But I was talking about Spider-Man, and they were they were talking about Tobey Maguire on, and how, and the different Spider-Man. How you know Tobey Maguire, he's like a so th- like a thirty-year-old man like, in like a high school, like <laughs> like playing a high school character. And you see like the bullies in the school; they have like stubble. So, yeah. And you're just like, nah. You can tell like, they're definitely not kids. Yeah, you're just like, nah. Like, <laughs> these aren't kids you know the or these aren't teens. running after the bus. Yeah. And it's just like a, a grown ass man running after a school bus. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just like, like, that's not right. Yeah. He's like, tapping and, and then the like, bus, like, so so he was like the oldest, but also almost like the darkest Spider Man in yeah. a way. Like, I, well, I, I, I disagree. I think Andrew Garfield's super edgy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So you have, then you have like, Andrew Garfield and he I I find like he was a great Spider-Man in my eyes yeah like during during combat and like as the way he moved yeah the the, way he moved and also also the shit talking yeah like that is a key feature about Spider-Man is that while he's fighting he's kind of like it's the quips right yeah he's he's riffing on his enemies and and playing around because even though Spider-Man is probably one of the strongest superheroes like he's super crazy strong one of his best tools and weapons is just his shit talking. Yeah. Because he just pisses people off. And yeah. it just gives him an opening to be smart, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's super... I, it, that's The character is so iconic because it's just this perfect blend of, like, yeah. relatable kind of underdog. But he's also, yeah. like, pow- like, super powerful. Yeah, and, like, uh, you know, one of the, you know, really interesting things about Spider-Man that I, I really love when I saw this clip is uh, it was a clip of Stanley um, when he was talking about why why spider-man works yeah and it's that you can see yourself in the suit because you he, you don't see the face spider-man is the suit that's what makes him spider-man right that that is how you can identify yourself with him because I you as, as a kid you can look at him and you're like holy shit yeah, like anyone can be under the mask yeah right? and then you, you see people like going to the movies and they got their suit on and it's yeah. like 
You know, you're Spider-Man you as well. Be, you could like, be anyone underneath that suit. You could be yeah. any, like, race, ethnicity, creed. Spider-Man suit. doesn't matter. Like, it kind of just negates. Yeah. Every, like, um, and it's so good. Um, and I think Spider-Man is one of the reasons I have such a fascination with, like, superhero costumes to me are so fun. Because I think that's what got me into drawing, right? Mm. The two things I drew growing up, Sonic and Spider-Man. Yeah. My dad got so fucking sick of seeing me drawing. <laughs> I literally come out and be like, look, and he'd be like, oh, you've drawn Sonic again. And he's like, do you want to try something else? I'm like, no. Um, sure, here's Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just like, but I, I have such a love for masks and costumes. It, yeah. it sounds weird, but like Power Ranger helmets as well. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. I yeah, would yeah. so proudly have one of them on like a shelf in my room. I like, had the Megazords when, like the toys when I was growing up. It's oh. just like, it's that... Because it's it's very dramatic character design. I think yeah. that's the best way to put it. But Spider Man has such an iconic design. Mm, that's and that's it, silhouette. You know, as as soon as you see that, it's the or you, or you just see the the badge on the front, that's or the, even even just like the webs, dude, you're yeah. like, it's Spider Man. Like, because he's been redesigned so many times, but it is always Spider Man consistently. Like you just you can just pick it. But yeah, one of my final pieces um in school was an art piece, and I essentially just did like a whole superhero thing but it was all silhouettes and i essentially yeah. just tried to distill them down into like black and white yeah and spider-man was like the f- the first one i could do because it was so obvious yeah um, so iconic that it's it's one of those things where as soon as you see it you immediately associate it with yeah uh, like the particular eyes. no yeah. other helmet or costume has those like <laughs> buggish eyes yeah you know I mean? it, but it's not it's not creepy it's just perfect yeah, well, it's like, it's so appropriate to the character. Like, 100%. if you if you saw that on I don't know Batman or something like that, or even another MCU character, you'd yeah. be like, like, what the fuck are they doing? So you know the Avengers game and how yeah. it's terrible and everyone hates it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I have put a lot of time into the game that I'm not proud of. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the really cool things. So Spider Man came out for PlayStation recently. Yeah. The the kind of classic suit. Yeah. It has this really interesting where you can kind of see through the lenses slightly, and it's like a different kind of more like. Like, you know how in a, a VR headset, it has, like, two circular eye lenses? Yeah. You can, like, see that through the kind of, like, bigger lens. Mm. And I was like, they've just added that extra layer to his lens. And I was like, yeah. that's really interesting. For, for a lot of the flaws that game had, and it, mm. fuck it, it has a lot of flaws. And mm. um, every now and then, they kind of feel like an interesting thing. I'm yeah. like, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I've, <laughs> I haven't played the game in ages now. I can't, I can't even force myself to have fun with it. Um, I think one, once I saw you play it and I saw the kind of game loop that you get into. Oh, and it's very grindy. Yeah, it's it just seemed like every game you joined, it was the same thing. And it I was, was like, it's uh, also a mess. There's yeah. so much going on at once. Yeah. It's, I only play it because I like seeing superheroes run about. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm that person. <laughs> like, Iron Man, I'm just like, I'm going to fly about a bit and shoot people. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. Um, one of my favorite stories about the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's like Joe DiMaggio, the guy that plays Flash. Firstly, I never know he was married to Gloria from Modern Family. I, I remember, like, I was watching a behind-the-scenes of Modern Family. It was, like, one of their last seasons. So they were all, like, gathered around a table. And you could see all the actors with their, like, real-life counterparts, like, their partners. And it was just Gloria sat next to Flash Thompson from fucking Spider-Man. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, and then, again, like, he's in How I Met Your Mother. And it's just like, I cannot see him as anyone but Flash. Yeah, you know I mean, every time I see him in like a, a TV show, I'm like, this is just Flash grown up. Like he's Deathstroke, I think in the, or he was supposed to be Deathstroke in the DCEU. Um. Oh yeah. Joe Joe Mangel, fuck Mang Mang. I I know the name. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard Joe Manganiello. No Manganiello. No, I think it's Manganiello. Nope. 
There's an I in there. Moving Yellow. on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, the the cast. He, I think it was like a podcast or something. He was talking about it, and um, the cast literally didn't like Tobey Maguire to the point where you know the fight scene in the school. Yeah. They were like, "We will pay you like fifty to throw like real punches to actually fucking hit Tobey Maguire." Obviously, he didn't because that would have been like. He was just that disliked on set. And it's yeah. like, I feel like there's so much footage of him in real life being pestered by um, reporters. Yeah, yeah. And he's just so angry. It's just like... it's Because in the, in the films, he's kind of endearing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like a kind of a blank slate. But like, it's just to know that everyone just fucking hated working with him. It's yeah. just like, it's so funny. Especially because he's like, he's Spider-Man. He's You can't touch him. Yeah. You can't throw a punch at Spider-Man. You'd, you'd lose your job in it. Fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I, I would just, I, I, I kind of like thinking about him. Just kind of sat there thinking about it. Like I should just do it. I should punch him. <laughs> I wonder if anyone felt that way on the set of No Way Home. Oh my god, yeah. Like Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield. Just yeah, we'll, we'll just get an interview in like a year's time where where Tom Holland just spoils all the beans and he's just like, <laughs> actually, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really, I really did enjoy that film though. I think if if you've seen uh, either the Amazing Spider-Man Sam Raimi or you just have a a slight interest in Spider-Man. There's yeah. no way you can't enjoy that film because I think that film does fan service, but I think it does it well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I think Star Wars is a big um, part of this, or any Disney project like MCU yeah. do it a lot. Fan service can be done so poorly, and it's so in your. Speaking of fan service, you watch Matrix, the newest one, right? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> From what I can tell, there's a lot of fan servicey stuff in that, it's... like. Uh, again, I was talking to someone recently about this, and uh, that new film, it, it just seems like they, not that they didn't plan it, they just didn't look at what had happened beforehand and then right, put, this, like this progress, the, progress the story from there. Yeah. It's a sequel. It's a sequel to the first one, right? No, it's a sequel to the three. I but, thought it was supposed no, to be no. a sequel from the first one. It's a sequel to the three. Okay. Right. All, all three films. It's it's a continuation. However, okay. the, the same way Star Wars continued the story. Right. But mm. they basically did the same thing that Star Wars did, where they bring back the like some of the original cast. Because they bring, recast um, what's his face? The they they, re, they recast Neo. Instead of so before it was Lawrence Fishburne, and now it's just a, another Neo. actor, and uh, not Neo. Um, it's Morpheus, right? Morpheus. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Morpheus. They recast Lawrence Fishburne. It's Why? It's a much younger actor now, right? Yeah, it's much younger. Why? I don't know. Um, don't, don't they have a thing? Uh, I think when Morpheus is introduced, I heard like like he has a, a line which like, not everything's as it may seem or some shit like that. Just to like, yeah. kind of reference that it's definitely not the same actor. Because don't they yeah. play clips of the original Morpheus? Yeah. Or they, they, it, or they kind of reshoot yeah, they, a lot they of They do right? that a lot within the film. They kind of, in different parts, they kind of overlay direct like just pulling scenes from the Stop. previous movies and just displaying and then you're like okay we, it's so like, weird because I, I was told yeah they would literally have shot for shot recreations of like scenes from the older films but they would just have like the shot might be different or the actor might be different. a lot of the scenarios are largely the same like the idea mm -hmm. of um the agents right and right. then like there's there's a scene i don't remember if it's the second or the third uh, matrix where um it's Neo versus all the agents, and he's basically just like kicking them all in a circle. You have a pretty yeah. similar scene in this movie, so there's a lot of scenes where it's like they're just rehashing things that have already happened, or they're just kind of changing the story slightly. T to be honest, in in my view, it, it like it, it was an attempt at reviving the franchise, but what they did is they killed it. 
<laughs> However, they're definitely going to make another one. Oh, if, I mean, because if it, it's going to make money. Regardless, it's going to make money. The, the funny thing is, it flopped. Yeah. It didn't do well. I think it was trailing behind... It's not Hotel Transylvania. It's losing, <laughs> it, like, losing to a film, like a kid's film. Yeah. In, in terms of box office numbers. And That's it's like, crazy. wow, like, what's, what's going on? Because like, um, the thing, when you think about what made the first Matrix so great, I think one of the most obvious answers is just like the action and the bullet time. I've heard that they didn't even do that. Like, I, I've heard that the action isn't even that good in the new one. Like, I think like the way it's shot, like it's just, you know, Matrix is so well known for its action sequences. Um, but like, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of like meta jokes within the film. Like, yeah, this is what it, people want from the Matrix. It's like well, it was very weird because they were almost like taking the piss out of making a, a sequel. They they literally so the, like honestly, I don't give a shit about spoilers for Matrix. Just don't watch it and just <laughs> take my word for it. We're just not gonna endorse it. Like <laughs> so, the, what's happened is that Neo is now like is it, like the Matrix was a game that Neo designed, right. and he's like working at a game studio, right? And it's it's almost like uh, they're playing on. on on the jokes like oh this is this could be like a ubisoft or something right yeah, yeah. They're, they're making a game so they have like oh we need you to make another game and he's like i don't really want to make another game but it's like okay we're gonna make another game like with or without you yeah right we we want to like remake the the don't they um, specifically mention warner brothers yeah they're like warner brothers is gonna make this with or without you and i think yeah. uh was it the wood wajowski twins uh no because there's uh, only one of them doing this one What's yeah the i name? think it's lana La- lana is the one that did it um yeah they, they said, because this wasn't uh, a thing that obviously happened in real life, where they said, like, essentially, like, we're going to make this with or without you. Um, but there's, I don't know if this is going to change your kind of opinion on the film at all, but, uh, and I don't know how true this is. This is, like, a, like kind of, it's more like a theory at this point. I, mm. I don't know how much evidence there is to back up, but uh-huh. Lana was going through, like, a really bad time. Uh, and they were just in, like, a bad place. I, I think they said they, like, lost um, some family member and stuff. Like, they were just, like, mm. they had lost so much, they were in a very bad place. And then they, they came to the Matrix, and they were like, Matrix has been one of the biggest and best things that's ever happened to them. Yeah. And they were like, well, just I, I'm just going to bring them back, because it's going to make me feel good. Um, mm. And it was, like, the, the intentions, I think, were really wholesome. Mm. And it was just, like, the fact that... Uh, it's, it's she now, right? Lana? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. She essentially had the power to bring these loved characters back, which yeah. kind of helped them deal with like the real life loss. And I was like, there's a sweet kind of thing behind that. Yeah, it's like your, your creation is your baby. So yeah, you want like, it kind of, to keep it alive. I think the word they use is comforting. Yeah. It was comforting to be able to bring these loved characters back. Yeah. Um, which I think explains a lot of like the reasoning behind it. But like, again, that doesn't excuse it for being like just a. Like yeah a poorly written film. It, it, <laughs> like, like in, so in my opinion it was just like far too in your face about being a sequel far too many like i think you can do, to be meta, you, you can you know? yeah you can do references to previous films in a in a good way where you're like oh like, like good fan service you're like, like yeah. yeah you're like oh shit they like they brought that back or they they did like did again that. spider-man they do it fantastically yeah but with this they just simply like you know they, they brought back carrie ann moss yeah as um trinity Right. And, the, like, the whole concept of the first film was, like... She looks oh, really good. I, feel, like, I don't know what, uh, how old she is, but she's... She fucking, Carrie Ann Moss. aged super I think well. both. Both Carrie Ann Moss Keanu and Keanu Reeves. Reeves yeah. They Keanu Reeves is a handsome man. <laughs> they've they've aged, like, fine wine, the he both is, of them. dare I say, breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd agree. And he's such a wholesome person as well. Oh, he's so sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so... so All I can think about is, like, the... What is it? The sad Keanu meme? 
which just him sit on a bench yeah. eating a meal and it's like it's like a meal deal from Tesco or something. Like, oh. <laughs> I feel like uh, Keanu Reeves is just one of those people that's just too nice to ask people to leave him alone. Yeah. Because he's he's just so kind that he he will give that interview and say the same things again, or he'll just answer that question, or he'll even for this film, it's like I I left the film thinking like why did Keanu do this? Even though <laughs> even though like Neo is is arguably his biggest role, right? Yeah. Why did he do like? Surely he read the script and he must like at he least it, to... at least in my mind he must have read the script and he must have been like what the fuck man. I was gonna say like, <laughs> like well, he did do Cyberpunk, but I'm I think from like from the if someone pitched Cyberpunk to you, I think. As a premise, it sounds great. Yeah. I think it's it's the same thing I have with Boba Fett. I think just by the premise alone, I think it's great. Like the premise yeah. is super good. Um, but I think then it's like Cyberpunk. I think was a a product of like post production and like a lot of stuff that was going on there. I think it had nothing to do with Keanu. I yeah. think I think no, no, pro- no. it probably sounded really good at the start. Whereas I think Matrix, like as a, as someone that's been in film, you should be able to read a script and be like, this isn't good. Yeah, and I feel like that that film's kind of like super on the nose about it's probably yeah. not great. Like, like if if we look if we look at his discography, right, and we look at the John Wick films, right, right. there's been three. I think each three, all, all three are good. Yeah, they're all really good. So you think like, okay, like Keanu Reeves is capable of that, and they just say like, we want to just keep making them. Yeah, and the action in that is like really. Dude, it's intense. It's intense, and it's the amount there's of work stakes. he has to do. You know, it basically, in each of the movies, by the end, he's basically dead. Yeah. Or at some point in the movie, he's basically like crawling out of death's bed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in I gotta say, in in the Matrix, it just seems like I think this is partly because you know at this point they're older actors. Is that the the action scenes just don't hit because they're a lot slower? It just seems they like they can't do the physical stunts. Yeah, nearly as much. Yeah. You know what was confusing is like okay, this is a Matrix film, so like they're in the Matrix, so they can just do like badass shit. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you look back from the third film, right, Neo can fly, and he's a total badass. Right. Because he flies he, off in the end of the first. Yeah. Film. Yeah. He can fly, and he's just a total badass. He it's can do all the shit. I've heard that he has, like, f- like he does, like, a lot of, like, force powers and stuff. Like, most of this movie is him just, like, pushing things. Like, yeah. with his hand. <laughs> it was, like, very weird, cause, because in the previous films, you see, okay, he has, like, an established power level, or, like, things that he he's learned. He's like a god, right? e- even, even in the first one, right? Now I know Kung Fu. It's not, like, just... In- <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. I know Kung Fu. He has Fu. to learn Kung Fu. Yeah, but now he just... He just can't, he can't do any of it for, like, basically half the film three quarters of the film it's and like then, they, they took three steps forward and then and then they, they took <laughs> they took all those powers they basically spend the entire film trying to get trinity back because right somehow she's alive again again but i think this is going back to lana just being like the comforting like i can just bring them back i think mm. that's why it spends so much time being like we can bring it back yeah it's like but like for a narrative which is what this is it's a movie right yeah People like if if it's gonna damage your the narrative, the, the Matrix is such an iconic brand. Like, just because it's good for you doesn't mean it's good for everything. Yeah, but I think you I think you owe it to fans to let the stakes live on, right? Right, because otherwise, if, what's the fucking point? It's like, of, like okay, the last films. Yeah, so the, in the last films, Trinity dies, and that is an impactful moment. Well, like and for new... Neo, it's like a you know a you know a really tough moment, but it it like marks the end of the the battle against the machines because it's kind of like the sequel trilogy for star wars it kind of negates everything that went on in the original trilogy yeah it all just kind of comes back do i mean yeah so you you need to have that stakes within a film you know with if we talk about um endgame right 
you need Black pa- Black uh, Widow to die and stay dead. Right. Otherwise, it has no stakes. Because also, you need Iron Man to stay dead. I know. I don't think you've watched Hawkeye on him, but like yeah. he comes back because obviously that was. Oh a big yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, I've right? I've seen Hawkeye, but what what I found is that like you need to let the characters die and not bring them back because otherwise it just means you know nowadays studios can always like yeah we can bring them we back, bring them back we, yeah. you know there's, there's some way to do it right there's there's time like travel comic, now uh, there's comic, comic book logic yeah there's like anyone can come back yeah there's comic book there's there's um you know time travel there's multiverses like there's always a way to bring someone back mm. but i think what makes those moments impactful and makes them stick in your head is that like that they're gone like they're, they're not coming back like you know it's it's not it's it's almost like real life okay like they're dead right. Like, yeah. there's no coming back from that. I, I I have so much respect for things that can end. Uh, mm. I've recently binged, uh, for the first time, um, Cowboy Bebop. Mm. The really nice thing about that show is, unlike a lot of animes that get made, uh, and I'm not suddenly this, like, huge into anime, but from what mm. I know, it's like, it's really hard to get into a lot of animes because they've been running for so long. There's just so many seasons. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop is one season. It's very specifically just, like, this self-contained masterpiece right yeah and the fact that it ends and it ends on a very specific note as well it doesn't you don't even feel good afterwards yeah. but the but like uh and even like podcasts um there was a podcast that was run and it was like a narrative one they ended it specifically on episode 100 and it's like something so nice that it's like this kind of self-contained capsule of just yeah. this, this like little story you know i think things that end kind of it, it, you hold it in higher regard like because when you think back to it you're like that was good like i remember when that was coming out it was super fun yeah, but when it just keeps going, like sometimes not everything can just keep going. Yeah, um, you you need an an end point. You need to give a place, especially if you've given a character a big arc. Yeah, you need to give them an end point. Otherwise, it's not an arc; it's a circle. It just keeps going. Yeah. So by giving them a, a death or or a scene or you know maybe not they're not dead. They're just in a outside our immediate universe, right? Yeah. If we think if we think like in terms of Star Wars, right, you have the films focus on the Skywalkers. Right. But then we know that Obi-Wan's in the world somewhere, or we know that Boba's in the world somewhere. I am super excited to that, see an Obi-Wan show. Yeah, and, Just, like, oh. we know that there's other characters within that world, but we don't necessarily have to focus on them right now. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, it means that you don't have to kill them off completely you can just have them elsewhere right now. And right. Bring, if you want to, you can bring them back at another just, time. You or don't just have to use it right now. Or that can just be the end of their story. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be Because, it. like, as long as their story wraps up in a somewhat fulfilling way, it's yeah. fine if you don't go back to them. Yeah. Because then it's kind of like, it's kind of nice just having it in your imagination. You can just kind of, like, imagine what they got up to. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start wrapping up soon. Uh, I think I would just give a quick shout out to our social medias because I think we need to get those uh, kind of off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for a start, I think you should follow us on Instagram. At which Munchie is, Media Limited. Right. Oh, LTD. LTD, yeah. Yep. Uh, and Twitter, it's at Munchie underscore media. Yep. And Munchie is spelt with C-H-I-E, not Y. Right. Is that, how you say, is, is that the I'm, correct spelling of Munchie? I have no that's, idea. I think that's how I would spell it. I don't think I'd spell it with a Y. That's not, that look, I feel like that looks dumb. I don't know. Me. Maybe I'm just being stupid. No, I think I think IE is like the best way to do it. You know? No, mun- uh... yeah, yeah. No, munchies okay, is munchies IE. is is the plural. It looks Mun- so much better to me. It looks it just munchie looks media. Better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I really hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. Um, We're going to be aiming to release between you know once a week to every two weeks, mm-hmm. and you know we'll try to stick every, to that. Every every uh, every other Friday. 
or that may change. Yeah. Obviously, basically, whenever we do this one and upload it from there, we're going to try and do it every other week. Well, yeah. In the next episode, you'll find out the, the more refined we'll, we'll information. We'll keep it consistent. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed this, though. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for doing this. This has been great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was great. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Take care, guys. That was sick. I like that. Okay. I am... Um...